this is the first one. This is uh, my unemployed podcast, or I'll probably name it something clever like Fired. Because that's what's happened. I got fired. A lot of people will try. Sorry, I'm just playing around with. There's too much in this space right now for me to interact with instead of just talking. Um, I don't know why the audio is acting up. I'm not getting like a crazy good level. So I'm going to project my voice a little bit more. Is that better? I don't have a way to like turn this up. So, I mean, I guess I could probably turn it up in the whatever app I'm using. But uh, I'm just going to talk a little louder so people can hear me. So, so I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell the whole story about me being fired because I've been unemployed for about a month. Now I have, you know, obviously I have a little bit of money saved up and I'm currently working on a way to make money in the meantime, but I would like to share my thoughts on it. Cause I like, I've looked around at, there's, there's so many YouTubers who said, who said I got fired, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, a lot of them have established audiences. So a lot of them were already in a state where they can make the jump to just being a content creator. And uh, basically a lot, of the, like a lot of them that I found, I've discovered, did not have the same parallel story to me. Where while I did have money saved up and I can float for a while, I don't have i don't i i don't have any alternative re- revenue streams that are just bringing money in so that's what I, that's the story i want to tell and i've tried so many times to create content on for youtube but it's just not my thing i prefer to speak without a face i think i'm just more comfortable i mean i'll i'll probably throw a picture up when i eventually put this up but um, I think I just speak freely when I have the pseudo feeling that I'm ano- anonymous. Maybe someday I'll throw this, I'll put this in a video format. But right now I'm in like the little crawl space of my room. It's not exactly a well lit environment for me to do that. And I don't really know that I have a voice just yet to really go uh, to to really go to video. Um, and I, and I, I don't really have the personality <laughs> for video in my opinion. Like I, I think I'm, I think I'm just better off if somebody, if, if, if you guys listen for my confidence, let's just say that. Um, and if you think, you know, if you're in this somehow got a hold of this very first podcast and you think different, you think to the contrary of that point, let me know. So I got fired. <laughs> And I didn't have another job lined up. I didn't have other people that were like hoping I would, you know, uh, free up so I could work for them. I'm just fired. Um, And I do have savings for a while. So I can, I can, it's kind of nice because I can strategize a little bit. But before I get into that, I have, I have some notes to hopefully keep me organized um, cause I like to stay organized rather than edit to remain organized, you know? So 
I have some notes written down. I'm going to run through them, and that's just going to be it. That's going to be this episode. Um, uh, it Right now, today is December 12th, 2017. And I, I just got inspired today. I was like, I need to, I felt like, I felt the need to share this story because I think I'm one of the more unique approaches <laughs> or unique situations to this where I don't have a pair, I don't have a real parachute beyond my savings. So yeah, so there's that. Um, sorry, everything in this room is really distracting because I just haven't been in this room in forever. So here we go. So, I'm going to start with some background here. So, I am 23. I was born in Katy, Texas. Um, shout out to the 77450, um, which is sort of a suburb of Houston. It, and this is a suburb of Houston being a very interesting word to think about because... Um, it's like 30 minutes away from Houston. It's like, it, there's a lot of sprawl there. But I'm from Katy. And uh, I studied in, I went to uh, Michigan. Uh, I went to, I moved to Michigan in 2012, I guess you could say, to go to school for industrial design at Lawrence Technological University. It's a good school, I recommend it. Um, but that's not what this podcast is about. So, got my degree in four years by the seat of my pants. <laughs> like, I did not, I did, was not an exemplary student as far as uh, grades go. I'm, I was more of a, uh, I was less of an on-paper person and more of a I'll-show-you-what-I-can-do kind of person. So, um, and I think that served me well after graduation. So I, I ended up getting a job at, I won't name the company just because um, I'm not really sure that's fair. And um, it went really well for a year and a half. I basically have two years in the industry. I had six months of freelance when I was in school and a year and a half at this company. So then I, so at that company, it was really good opportunity. I learned a new skill. I learned um, actually a lot of new skills. And then I uh, eventually got the opportunity to be subcontracted through this company at Fiat Chrysler Auto Automobiles. Spent eight months there. Then I, then I came back after eight months and went to this uh, design firm called Pocket Square. And I did I, I did very well there. They they liked me. The see the the owners there gave me a really good recommendation or just like put in a really good word for for me with my boss when I had to leave to eventually go to Rivian. And that's where that's where things started to go downhill. So when I say I studied to be an industrial designer that means that I studied how to design products. Um, that can be anything from like UX, user interface, um, a, a water bottle, a speaker system, any product you can buy in 
any store, but that doesn't include the that doesn't that also includes the intangible as much as it includes the tangible. So any I could design an app, I could design a customer service experience, anything where there's a customer purchaser relationship, I can do. And I'm and I'm good at it. Um, as as humble as I can be saying that, I I am actually good at it. Just because, you know, this is what I've heard. You know, I've heard that I have a knack for it. Let's just say that. And when I took this job, I was the I was technically a hybrid designer, which means I I they took me on good faith that I had they saw that I had some design skill. And they said, we're going to teach you how to 3D model. And I was like, cool, this is an opportunity to learn a software that I never could quite get the handle of while I was in school. Um, and I can provide a value to them with my industrial design to hopefully elevate both of us. So I took the hybrid design position and it was sort of tentatively put in place to... Uh, that I would eventually move into a true hybrid position where I'd 3D model and do industrial design all at the same time, which is like actually my dream job. So I did that. I put it and I was like, I, I need to put in the work and like really learn the software. And I did. And that's how I ended up at Chrysler uh, so quickly because I was four months into like training and the training usually was six months. So I was I was pretty happy with those results. Now Chrysler was where I was supposed to be pulled into this sort of ecosystem and I think just a lot of changes were going down so I never really got any traction towards the hybrid design thing. And this is critical to my story as we get go on. So some changes went down at Chrysler then I I left Chrysler they sent me they sent me back because there was a software change and it was of their opinion that I wasn't adapting well to the new software. Um, as an industrial designer, my gripe is that that software was pretty much useless. While it claimed to save a bunch of time, it really didn't. But I'm, again, I'm not going to slander any other software, any, any software over one, because it really comes down to the user, and I just wasn't getting speed uh, that they were looking for. Uh, and they ended up letting a lot of people go in this fashion because they, they made a huge investment. And I honestly, I don't think it's working out for them. So I left Chrysler, worked at Pocket Square for a while. Pocket Square was great. It's, it was non-corporate. I could bike to work. I could, I could walk to lunch, like get some proper sunlight. I could get, uh, there's a coffee shop on the way. It was like, ooh, probably the most ideal place I could have ever worked, but I was still a modeler. And this doesn't, didn't bother me because I, I am fairly passionate about modeling. I like, it's, it's a big part of design and it's a big challenge to your brain every day to solve these problems. And it was good because I was finally surrounded by designers. They, they knew that I was a designer, so we could actually have conversations about design and it was really enriching. So then there's Rivian. Rivian is a very good company to work for. Like, I, I enjoyed everybody I worked with there. There wasn't a single person that I felt rubbed me the wrong way. There was zero ego 
It was all about making the product. However, and this is my critique of Rivian, is that they, they put a lot of stress on themselves. They, they are, it is an overachieving company. They, uh, and they ask a lot of their employees. And when you're contracted, you basically are an employee of these companies. In fact, you're not, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to kind of say it. You're kind of a secondary employee. Like they see that's how they view you. If they don't like you, then they send you home. Basically the project I was working on had a really, a very suddenly compressed timeline. It was a six month timeline down to a six week timeline. And I was working on a part and this is where the bad impressions start and the real shit storm that has been the three months leading up to me getting fired. So Basically, I was working at Rivian. I was working day in, day out, most of the time working till seven, eight o'clock, one, a couple times, ten o'clock at night, and it was a forty-minute commute every day. But it was good. Like I was, I was once again surrounded by really good, uh, really good people who were designers that wanted to talk about design, and I could, act, I, I still really wanted to learn from these people because they are, they're great. But, so I was working on this part, working late. Uh, the very first part of this project, I ended up having to turn in four days late because design, the design direction kept changing. And I just, it, like, nobody was able to adapt that fast. Anyway, at the end of it all, we finished the entire portion of our project, uh, like the, th- the three modelers from my company there, um, all, um, we all managed to get the project done three days early. However, once we finished the project, I was then sent back to my parent company because, uh, citing that I was too slow, I would argue that the timeline was too strict. So, and, and so would my boss. My boss, my boss was very much appraised of the situation. So, I finished that I you know it it happened it's happened it happened before a Chrysler my boss still believed in me he was still confident in me and I was like I was thankful for that he shook my hand and said you know sometimes these things happen you can't really explain them you can't really fight them it's just one of those x factor things that just you know you can't teach how to avoid that it's just sometimes you just run into people that you that don't like you and you have to just suffer that so i but here i am back at the office after really being overworked forever and honestly still thankful to have a job because it was a situation where i was being sent sent back to the office where it wasn't really sure if we were going to have work for a little bit, so I might have gotten to take a little vacation. So there's that. But uh, additionally, I... So luckily we did get some work in like the very next day, the very next Monday. And it was cool. It was a super secret project for some military contractor that needed a clean model. 
and we were going to be modeling over scan. This was the part that worried me. I'm going to open a beer right now. Um, uh, if you want to know what I'm drinking, Necron 99 by the Three Floyds. I stole it from my roommate because he buys too much beer. So there's that. Um, I'm going to take a sip at your expense. You'll hear everything. Okay. So I get sent back to the office. Military project. It's cool. We're modeling over scan. This is my worry. I haven't ever, at this point, modeled over scan. And what I mean by modeling to scan is you basically take a 3D scan of an actual object in the real world. And you basically build surface around that because the 3D scan is fair is has degrees of inaccuracy and the and the surface is always dead accurate because it's computer generated. So when I did that I uh I was scared but I th I think I got the hang of it pretty fast but I still had a lot to learn. This is like me a year and a half in and I really, you know, I really think that it was, uh, I, 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 I think that if it, anyway, I, I had a lot to learn. That was, that's, that's all I'm going to say. And I really did try, but in the back of my head, this, I want you to think as a parallel timeline to this, I'm have, slowly having this thought creep into my head that I really hate my job. I really did. I was, I was, it was like probably the most depressing time of the time in my life. Uh, all my friends agree when I tell them about this and like they, they, they're honest with me. They were like, dude, you were not you. You came home every day and you just complain, complain, complain. And if you, anybody knows me, I can be a little blunt, but I'm a positive person. I have a very positive outlook on life. And so... It was something that was slowly becoming worse and worse for my mental health. And the and the late nights did not stop when I got moved back to the office. I was working late to keep up, you know, to tread water and get things done. And I was getting things done to a point. So here's the last two weeks, or I guess the last week, the last two Mondays, we'll say. Before I got fired. So on the first Monday. We get feedback from the last deadline we turned in. Successfully. Ahead of schedule. On time. All that. Dialed. I come in. Monday. We get our feedback. We start modeling. Tuesday goes by. We talk about the model. Wednesday goes by. We talk about the model. Thursday goes by. We talk a little bit more about the model. But things are. This is where it starts to scare me because I'm struggling at this point. Like things are not going well for me, and I and um, I'm having a hard time because I just don't know how to button up these couple areas on the scan and model over model over them. I get some help, but for some reason I just can't execute. And so Thursday rolls around. And my boss, and, and, and I'm like, okay, I just got to spend a late night. 
I was there till two in the morning and I couldn't get anything done. Like I just couldn't figure it out. It's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's sort of like, I, I think it was Star Trek quote. I'm not a Star Trek fan, so don't like, don't like comment back to me or whatever and be like, you didn't get the exact quote right, but the quote goes to, I think they were telling some android who had failed. Basically, uh, it's human nature. Sometimes you can try your very hardest, you can do your 110% and still fail. And it was one of those situations where I felt like that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to come into work tomorrow and I'm just going to take my 40 licks and whatever my boss has to say, I'll just accept it. So Friday I come uh, Friday I come in and I really didn't want to come in. I wanted to call in sick. I was there till two in the morning. I got there at like eight, eight thirty. Boss gets there at nine. I'm like shaking the whole time. He gets in there, looks at what I've gotten done. I feel so fucking tired and just disappointed in myself and he comes in he's like what did you get done and I was like not much I threw my head at the wall for like eight hours after work and still got nothing done so then he said okay so he took he went into his office looked at it saw that I didn't so looked at my saves in the server and was like you have no saves from like from like 4 p.m. to almost midnight. And I was like, I don't know how to explain that. It's other than I just wasn't making any progress. So there's no point in me saving. So then he sends me home. I was like, great. It's Friday. You know. So then Saturday goes by. Sunday goes by. I talked to my parents. I was like, I might not have a job on Monday. My dad also throws in, yeah, well, you never, you know, the rule is you never fire anybody on a Friday uh, because then on because then they don't have any time to deal with it. So you fire them on Monday so they have the rest of the week to, you know, kind of lock things in. I'm like, God damn it. Why did you say that? So Monday comes in, nothing happens. It's like, it's like normal. There's a little elephant in the room about like, okay what happened on Friday, but in general, it's just like, okay, we made it to the deadline, my boss saved my ass again, um, thank you, I'm trying my hardest from now on to not let that happen again, but we didn't talk about it at all, there was zero ex re-expectation, that's not a word, there was no new expectations laid out, there was no like, hey, if, as long as you get this, then we're, then you and I are on good standing, I just was like, okay, and this is my fault. I assumed I didn't ask for when it was due, but it was like two days. Oh, what the fuck? Two days. Where did that come from? It has nothing to do with what. Okay, so there wasn't two days, but it was like, I was like, oh, there were two. Oh, here we go. There were two things I needed to get done on the model. So. It was either area A or area B. Button those up, and we're we're just gonna keep the momentum. So then I was like, "Well, okay. 
and I made progress on A and progress on B instead of and and but I wasn't able to finish up A or B. This is the critical error. I just didn't finish anything. And I also kind of didn't realize I had to finish it or that my job was dependent on it. Now I'm going to just throw a little divider in this story before I tell you the end. I had already told my parents that Sunday night leading into the Monday that I'm talking about right now that I was even if I still had a job on Monday, I was going to look elsewhere. The bullshit was starting to get stacked way too high. For both me and my boss. And don't get me wrong. My boss and I are friends. We're still friends. Though obviously that's a bit strained. For right now. I think we'll talk in a few years. And I think I'll be ready to talk to him. Once I get a little bit firmer footing. I don't blame him for what he did. I earned getting fired. I don't want anybody to mistake that. I, you know, My very first thought when I drove. Out of the parking lot was I didn't end up here. This is not a place that I just wound up and like, oh, I'm fired. And I really don't think anybody else ends up getting fired. Um, they might end up getting laid off, but you don't end up fired. You drive there. And what I mean by drive there is like, this is something you wanted, whether you, you spoke it in the world or not. Like, you didn't want to hold on to the job. So I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to start looking elsewhere, even if I have a job, because this is just... It's not a happy place for me anymore. So, end of Monday rolls around. I'm like, okay, I'm here till like, I'm there till like midnight. I'm working at it. I'm like, okay, well, there's, I made progress. It's the, like, you know, it's, I made progress. I can show that in the morning if, because I know he's going to check it. And then on Tuesday, like, I think I'm in the clear. Like, I was a little distracted that day because obviously I came in thinking I was fired and then I wasn't. So, like, there's an adjust mental adjustment there. And so I put in extra time to, like, make sure, like, hey, I put in eight hours today. That's the minimum, I'm going to say. Um, I probably should have put in more than that. But at that point, it was already, like, I put in ten hours because I was, I, I gave myself, like, a variable of, like, two hours where I was like just non-productive because I was coming down from those like nervous feelings of like, oh shit, I'm fired. So then I can't come in on Tuesday. He looks at the model and this is the most desperate situation for both of us. He doesn't want this. He doesn't want to fire me. He is thank he like he's told me time and time again. He's just thankful that I, I have stuck with it, you know? And he's gone to bat for me a lot. And it's always worked out. So, pulls me in his office. He has the model up. He's spinning it around and he goes, so what am I looking at? And I said, well, I made progress here and progress on A and progress on B. And he's like, okay. I'm like, well, here I go. Oh, and I should mention, as soon as I walked in, there was a sign on my desk that said, come see me. And somebody else told, told me, like, hey, you need to go see now. And I was like, well, here we go. I'm fired. Like, I knew it going in. Because if he had seen what he needed to see, he wouldn't have even call, called me in to talk to him. So, um, and that's that speaks to his character because you're either A or B. I've never been ambiguous about how he's felt about me. 
Um, I'm either in the shitter and I know it, or I'm in, I'm the golden child and I know it. Like he's very good about giving good feedback so that you're never in a world of ambiguity. So I walk in, he goes, what's finished? I show him and he goes, what is complete? What did you complete last night? Is there anything on this model that you can say you finished that you don't have to touch again till the next deadline? I said, took a deep breath, looked at the computer, looked at him, and I said, nothing. There's nothing finished. I still need to finish these. And he goes, well, I'm going to have to shake your hand and say, I wish you the best of luck. And I'm sorry that this happened, but I have to let you go. This is my aside. He can't continue to lose money on me. That's what is happening you know it's great that we're friends it's great that i can take feedback and respond to it well but i'm no longer like it's i'm it's like i'm broken computer i'm no longer responding to input so he let me go he didn't let me go he let me down gently i'll give him that he said you know i he still he, he told me like i still think you're a good person i think that you just need to find your fit and this is important. Like, I really didn't fit in there anymore. And so I, I, I said, well, I just want to thank you guys because I have two bosses. One runs the business side, which is why I haven't really talked about him. One runs, the other one runs the business side. He sort of runs the personnel side. So he makes sure, you know, and they each sort of have their own niches and niches, niches in skills. So they sort of manage different halves of the company. So... So I'm like, okay, well, thank you for the opportunities you've given me. I'm forever grateful for the things I've learned here. Shook his hand, and I said, you know, I am, I understand that this is something that neither one of us wanted. Because I really didn't want to be fired. I wanted to, like, either find a new place for myself and still do well at this company, or just turn it into what I wanted. So... I was like, this isn't something neither of us wanted, but it's certainly the bet I've made, and I have to lie in it. He said, okay, well, I want you to grab your stuff, take your time, I'm not going to, like, chase you out of here. He didn't even ask me for my key back. He didn't even, like, I, I might even still be able to get in with my code. I, he, he obviously, he probably, honestly, he probably took that down. That's just conjecture. But I, I grabbed my stuff. Before I left, I shook the other boss's hand, and main, like the main boss I've talked to this whole talked about this whole time goes, you know, I I still would give you a reference anywhere you want. Just let me know if you need anything from me. You know, it was certainly the best situation that you could be fired in, <laughs> and I still cried on the way out because it sucks. I and I didn't cry because I lost a dream job or I lost employment i cried because i disappointed my boss but i but that being said i was glad to be done with that chaos it was three months of pure chaos of like just constant and i i tell my I told my friends i feel like when like you feel when you're grilling something and you feel like the burger's not cooking fast enough so like you press it into the grill i felt like i was the patty doing that so there's that. But 
That being said, I moved on. So I've already shared a little bit of like this, but I'm just looking at my notes again. Um, so what is it like to be fired? Best case scenario is what is the one I just laid out. You and your boss leave it on good terms, and you even get a, like a, a recommendation from them voluntarily. I don't think I'm ever going to use it because I don't really know what he's going to say. And honestly, if anything, it's not going to be... It won't really be to my skills anymore. It'll just be a character witness kind of thing. And that's not really useful if you're trying to get a job. And, like, they, if I do list him as a witness, then he can describe anything he wants. He can say I was fired, he, or he can say he let me go, or what, or I quit. And I just, I don't want that level of ambiguity when it comes to getting another job. So this is probably part two to, to this topic is what everyone else is like when you get fired. This is the reason why I'm even making this podcast. The rest was just sort of a a breakdown. So thanks for sticking through this first half hour. So everyone, when you get fired, when you get fired, everyone around you is super supportive. Um, if they're your friends, you know, I let key people know there are plenty of people that were already knew what was going on and what might happen around me so um that was good you know I had some friends reach out I had somebody who like asked me like what I knew about this and that and he has his own company so maybe he can put in a good work for me word for me and eventually down the line I could work with him which would be a fucking dream um but in general everybody has advice and that's great for about the first Three, four days, maybe even a week. It's fucking good. It's super inspirational. It's like, fuck yeah, I got all this momentum now. Like, at least when you're fired, you're pushed off the cliff, you know? Then you can start really gaining momentum. Um, <laughs> and it's up to you to, uh, I guess, knit your parachute on the way down. So, the second is everybody starts treating you like you have a fucking disease. And this is like the, it's actually kind of funny to me because like, they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Like, and I'm actually happy. But then you start feeling like you're, you're the crazy person because you actually have a good outlook on it. And like, you know, I, that being said, I'm much, I'm not happy I got fired, but I'm much happier after being fired because I can finally relax. I finally got some sleep. And I finally have that hunger in me to, like, actually chase my dreams again. But everybody talks to you for a while like you have some kind of disease, you know. And I'm at the point now where I can make jokes where, like, people are, like, making scheduling things. And I was like, well, I haven't got much to do kind of thing. And just, you know, I laugh about it. Um, and I don't expect any pity. Like, and, like the, the, the positivity thing is, like, it's annoying at this point. Every, like this is all I can picture me. This is all I can think about. It is a hundred percent on my mind all the time, which is good because this is the first time it's ever been one hundred percent on my mind all the time. Um, and I hope I can retain this in into my next uh, pocket of success. So, yeah, and my. Uh, my family is great, but they're certainly annoying now. It's just like every time I call, I have to have the how's being unemployed conversation. And it's just like, 
all right, I'm unemployed. It's all I can think about. Can you please not bring it up? And I know you have a lot to think of, you, a lot of time to think about it, and you have a lot of advice. And your parents never stop parenting you. So if you're like in high school right now and you wish you could just like become an adult and your parents are gonna stop, newsflash: if you don't have an older sibling to tell you this or an older cousin or anybody to tell you this, they never stop. And I love my family, but the advice stream is unbearable at this point. It's a flood of advice. Everybody has a little fresh take on something. And, like, do take that advice. Do consider it. But consider the source as well, you know. And you do... Another thing is you do find out who your friends are. It's like when you're pregnant, when you have a major loss in, in your life, you're, you're, or you have something to damage, like your home or your cars or whatever. People come out of the woodwork that you never thought would come to your rescue and that's how you find out who your friends are and that's how you figure out who am i going to value who who am i going to value in the next chapter of my life who am i going to stick who am i going to stick with who's going to stick with me so it's taught me a lot in the meantime i i and it, the thing it's taught me now is like what may help me realize is i cut the bullshit out of my life i didn't have a single friend in my friend group who didn't reach out to me and that's fucking magical like if you can have that where you, like, I realize I have no fake friends right now. That's pretty good, you know, because I've had plenty of people in my life that have pushed me, that pushed me to the wayside because they, they had their own thing going. And I, that's okay. Everybody has their journey and you, you, you gain friends and lose friends over time. That's fine. But it was nice. It was just a nice little gut check to be like, hey, my friends aren't all fucking scumbags. They're actually here for me. My dad cried. He was really supportive, and then he cried. He cried to my sister. He didn't cry to me. Um, my sister really listened. Um, that's something she always does. And she helped me think about what my next step was. Um, and my mom, I know she cares, but she just doesn't get a, a word in edgewise between my sister and my dad. So, but my mom, again, was supportive. She worries about me. She and I talk. Just, like, we actually talk more often than, like, I talk to my family way more often than I did when I was working, because I was constantly tired over the last four months. So, it's great. So, my plans from here. Take another sip. So, what do I want to do from here? Well, I looked at my money. I also narrowed down my expenses, my, my spending and expenses a lot. I took, I have three, I have one new car and two older cars. Um, so I took the two older ones off my uh, insurance and just put them on storage insurance. So like literally two thirds of my insurance bill went down. Which in Michigan, which is where I still live, is a big deal. Um, I canceled memberships I needed to cancel. I, you know, increased, decreased the frequency of haircuts, um, stuff like that. And basically I think I knocked $700 off my monthly expense budget. So that was kind of nice, uh, to realize I am going to be selling one of my older cars and a few other things. So basically acquiring capital, um, 
Now, here's another thing. I don't really think I want another job the same way because I don't really want to repeat the same cycle. I, like, I know from working at McDonald's and then quitting that job and to go back to school and then taking that job again the next summer, how much I would hate to go back to that job. I know that gut feeling and I have the same feeling about getting the same job. I'd really want to be a designer um, and not a modeler because hybrid designer was not a reality at this place. It was modeler. Um, and that was something that was an unfulfilled promise. I will say that to my to my credit, that was an unfulfilled promise from them. They said within a like after a year, we'll work you into a hybrid position. And that is just something that never happened, which is why I think my passion for the job went away. Because it was just like, okay, they're on, I'm letting them borrow time because they haven't come through on their promise. And then, you know, so that, that was part of my frustration. So right now I'm just focused on acquiring capital for my next adventure. Um, I'm also working on a portfolio because I talked to my very good friend. And he said, he reminded me that I needed to close this chapter and really see, you know, do I still want to do design uh, at all? You know, really go through the process and see if I fall back in love with design. Because honestly, I'm a little burnt out on that um, for the moment. Um, so that was good. I'm working on my portfolio. I'm acquiring a little cash, um, thinning out. I think it's good. These moments are good to really thin out your junk, just the shit you have. So then... I, this is the next thing. So I got my last paycheck, right? And with that paycheck, that would have lasted me an entire month. Um, I have about, it's been a month, so I have about, I had five and a half months at the start of this, now I'm at four and a half months. So, um, so I have four and a half months now to get my, figure out my next thing. I could just sit for four months and not do anything. Obviously, I've already started freelancing and um, I even picked up a little something for Grubhub and Uber Eats just started in Detroit. So I'm signing up for that today. Um, just trying to have some source of income so I'm not digging into my savings so much. So my last paycheck. It would have lasted me this entire month. And I was looking into like, okay, how do I really make money? This is the first time in my life where I've actually been serious about like, Okay, how exactly do you get money besides, like, having a job? Like, how is it, how can I set myself up so that I don't really have to worry the next time I get fired? Um, there's a, there's a great person on YouTube, he's a, he's very nuts. He's been, I think he's been single a little too long. He doesn't have a large group of friends to, like, be like, yo, you're a little nuts. But he's a, he's got really good, no bullshit advice. See, asshole consulting, Aaron Clary. His greatest piece of advice that I've ever taken is you want to set yourself up so that when you get fired, you can laugh in your boss's face because you don't need the money. He said, you want to set yourself up so that whatever gig you have is just because you like it. And every, and like the main, your main source of income is something from your passion and it's passive, hopefully. 
so that you're just getting a check to cover your expenses and everything else you're doing, the thing that you're working, things that you're working for are just for the things that you want or like. Um, and that's what I want to do. That's what I'm, I like my next thing. I want to use this opportunity of being fired to set myself up for, for success the next time. Um, so I keep mentioning this and I can't get to the point. So I took my last, I was looking at how to acquire money, um, more quickly than just an, a standard salary. And I started digging into day trading and stock market in general. And like, cause I know you can do that. And I was like, there's like, I've met some real idiots who trade on the stock market who make, made a lot, like probably triple or quadruple what I was making at my company. And I was like, damn. And they have financial independence. They can laugh when their boss fires them. So I was like, okay, what is the stock market thing? So I was digging in, digging in, digging in. And I found this guy. I won't, I don't mention his name yet because I don't know if it's going to work out, but I took a bet on myself. And this is what I would encourage you to do if you just, if you're in the same position, take a bet that you can't back out of. I spent my last paycheck on a class in stock market trading on a bet that in three months time, I could learn how to do that. And over that three months, acquire a little bit of capital and have an entry into the stock market with an account and basically start making money that way. Because I can make a decent amount of money if I do a good, if I, if I learn the lessons I need to and, and get into it smartly. So take a bet on yourself. I'm already taking a bet because I don't really want another job. I want to work for myself. And I and I know that that requires money. So I'm I'm freelancing, doing Grubhub where I can set my own schedule. I'm going to tap into Uber Eats where I can set my own schedule. So I have a little bit of baseline income. And then at the end of that, end of the class, I'm going to start trading stocks. And I, I know I will be successful because I didn't bet on somebody else. I bet on me. And that's the distinction I want to want to make. It's been said many times before. This is not my original quote. But the most sure bet, the surefire way to be successful, the most the only thing you can really gamble on yourself and have a, a, a the highest percentage of returns on is when you bet on yourself. So that's my next advice to you. If you're in my situation or you're in, in any of the leading situations to where I am now, take a bet on yourself. See where it goes. It's nice to have a parachute. It's nice to be on firm ground, but you don't get, you don't necessarily, necessarily get anywhere if you fall into that comfort level. And that's where, that's what happened at this job. I was desperate for comfort. I was not desperate for this job. You know? So, there's that. Um, so that's my, that's my plans from here. I wrote that down. I wanted to talk about that. Um, eventually, I want to take that stock market thing, if I'm successful at it, save some money, and go back to school for welding and fabrication. Um, because I have I have the tactical side of industrial design, planning things, designing things, getting it all formulated in my head, laid out on paper. I have those skills. I can even 3D model it. 
and prototype it. Stuff like that, but I don't have any way to produce it. So that's what I want to do. I want to learn how to fabricate for metal. I love cars. It's something where I feel like if I just learned a few more skills, I could actually be really successful at it and do a really good job. Um, and people would pay me for that. Um, I don't know exactly how to make money on it. I know it's not easy if you're doing major builds, but I'm just focused on like, how do I create income that doesn't suck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do I create it? Like when I say that doesn't suck, it's not a fucking J O B. So that's my plans from here. Now I'm going to share two quotes. One of them is a paraphrase. One of them is an exact quote. So the first quote I'm going to drop on you is from Winston Churchill. I actually got it from my stock trading class, which is success is moving from failure to failure with no change in enthusiasm. It's a very good quote. I don't really need to dive into it, but what I'm saying is that's my mentality. That's my motto right now, or my mantra. Whenever I feel like I'm down, I'm just like, look, this is failure number one. We got to hop to failure number two, but there's going to be a success in the middle of that. So let's keep this enthusiasm. Let's keep this momentum. We're falling fast, but we're moving. I'm the fastest man in the world right now because I'm moving at terminal velocity. Okay, got a little excited there. Just saying. Then here's a LeBron James quote. quote. Um, he was talking, I don't know much about basketball. I'm not a sports guy, I'm a car guy. So he's talking about one of the players, one of the, if you follow like Lonzo Ball, one of his brothers, I guess, was trying to break into the NBA without doing college, but his... But if that didn't work, obviously, because you got to be recruited, you got to show your skills beyond high school basketball. So he decided to go play in China, and uh, or I don't know that I read the fucking quote, but I didn't read the context. But the the quote is good enough that it stands alone. So his quote, and this is a paraphrase of that quote, but LeBron said about Lonzo Ball or Lonzo Ball's brother, I don't know who he was talking about, but he said. He will do the necessary work. He will work hard. And years from now, no one will remember the struggle. And that's what I'm saying. Is like everybody you look at who's a millionaire, a billionaire, has worked hard. Apart from a few people. who Everybody who is self-made has worked hard and started from basically nothing at some point. And so... It is up to you to do the necessary work. And someday people will look, look up to you and be like, man, I really want to be you someday. But they will forget the struggle. And that is my goal with this podcast is so that maybe you don't remember the struggle. You'll Hopefully someday you'll see me as somebody really successful and I hope to leave that legacy that I, that, uh, I can pass it on to people. But I want to remember the struggle. And I want to like, whenever anybody... Ask me how I got to where I, I got to. I want to be able to say, look at podcast number one and go to podcast number whatever I am at that point. That's the struggle. So here I am at struggle number one. That's I guess that's what I call it. I'll call it struggle bus or whatever. I'll figure it out. I don't know what I'm going to call this episode still. So maybe something struggle. And that's it. I mean... I would encourage you if if you're if you're in a situation that you hate 
Get the fuck out of there. Pull the ejector seat. You know? Um, and another thought, like, you know, the thing about me being fired on Tuesday, I was perfectly, I, I thought it in my head, but on Monday I really just wanted to go in and say, I don't want to work here. But I didn't because I clung to that security, that sort of independence, that that parachute, if you will. And don't ever do that. That is the downfall. That is how you can spend, that's how you can look up and realize you spent 30 years at a job that you hate because you're scared of having to pay rent or scared of having to pay a mortgage or pay for some kids, for your kids' college. Now, if you have commitments, probably too late. But it's, at the same token, it's never too late. If you have children or a wife or a family that you got to take care of, but you're not happy in your job, that's going to bleed into that. So you, this is a 23-year-old telling potentially somebody who's gotten way more done in their life already, telling you that if you got that situation, you got to get out of it. And the way you get out of it is start your little side gig and build that little side company or whatever, sell hand crocheted potholders. Do something that you're passionate about Make a product that gives value to somebody else's life. And put that in put that on the market. Find a group of people that you can sell that to. And build that up. So one day you can walk in and tell your boss, hey, sorry, I can't have this job anymore. My company's taking off. And you'll be happy. You'll be happy not because you have you're making money, not because you have a company now. But you'll be happy because you actually set out to do something, you achieved it, and now you have independence from a paycheck. So I'm going to leave it with that. Um, I just want to say a few closing words. So, you know, I just want to thank you for listening. I'm at the point where advice is like really, really just fucking overload. But if you have advice, I'm receptive to it. If it's something new and you want to share it with me, um, I'm going to throw this on a blog so you can make comments. Um, and uh, that blog will have an email address to itself. So you can you can even send me an email. Um, I'll figure it out. It'll be posted in the description of this podcast. But I, I just want to thank you for listening. If you, if you want to hear more, subscribe. Cause I already have the next topic in mind. I'll let you know what that is. Um, I'm going to start Twitter, Instagram, everything for this. And... Um, share it all. So thank you for listening. I think I've babbled too on too long at this point. Um, I'm probably playing myself out and uh, have a good day. Chase your fucking dreams. Tell your boss to fuck off someday or now if you can in a nice way. Hey, keep your boss your friends. Never burn a bridge. All right, I'm just babbling at this point, so I'm just going to turn down the audio and trail off and then turn up the audio. My boss just pushed me over the limit. I'd like to call him something. I think I'll just call it a day. Pour me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only It's five o'clock somewhere
lunch break is gonna take all afternoon and after night tomorrow morning I know they'll be held to pay hey but that's all right I ain't had a day off now in over a year I you making vacations gonna start right here get the phones from me you can tell them I just sailed away Something tall and strong Make it a hurricane Before I go insane It's only half past twelve But I don't care It's five o'clock somewhere Funny you should ask, Al. <laughs> I'd say, pull me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. Pour me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. It doesn't matter, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's always on five in Margaritaville, come to think of it. Yeah, I heard that. You've been there, haven't you? Yes, sir. I've seen your boat there. I've been to Margaritaville a few times. All right, well, that's good. Stumble my way back. Okay, well, we just want to make sure you can keep it between the navigational beacons. <laughs> between the buoys, I got it. All right, well, it's five o'clock. Let's go somewhere. I'm ready, crack it up. Let's get out of here. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> 